This is back with uh, Mon and Sven this morning on The Breakfast Show. Uh, we are filling in. Well, Sven is graciously filling in for Lyle and for Lawson. And you are filling in for Mon. Yeah, I'm filling in for me. <laughs> I wonder if we tally them up. Who took more sick days, Lyle or me? I'm pretty sure it'd be Lyle. There's been a few mm. colds and flus. Well, actually, last around. year I was horrifically sick for a long, long time. But and then actually, I don't know. Do you know what? It's probably me. <laughs> now that I think about it. You take the trophy. Yeah. But I, I hate I hate taking the day off. I'd rather come in and splutter all over the radio. Uh, do you know last time I came in and spluttered all over the radio, uh, Lawson, who was filling in for Lyle at the time, sang a song to me that he wrote during the show about me coughing into the microphone <laughs> and then sung it to me on air. So do you disinfect the microphones? I did this morning. You did this morning. Yeah, Thank you, you very much. They smell lemony fresh. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah, they smell pretty good. Uh, we are going to give you another clue for the quiz. It is our breakfast Bible quiz this morning. This is, I want to say it's a medium hard one. Uh, it's a what city am I quiz. We've already given you the first two clues. Let me give you a third. This city used to be called Luz or Luz, L-U-Z, very very short three-letter word, L-U-Z. This city used to be called Luz. And it's not Newcastle. And it's, it's not Newcastle. Do you, know what, do you know what city it is yet? Have you figured it out? Have I figured it out? Um... No, I need to do the the Bible Gateway search. <laughs> the Bible Gateway search. Bible Gateway is a really cool website. And I definitely recommend that one. We're not affiliated, but we do recommend it. Uh, but go on our Instagram if you want to check out the clues again. Uh, our Instagram handle is faithfmlive, uh, all lowercase one word, and you can just click on our profile pic and watch the clues back and get a little glimpse into the behind the scenes of what's happening on the radio show here in the studio. But I spent, I'm a little bit disappointed because this morning you told me you're going to tell me something really cool about trains. And I don't know if you know this, but you literally like picked one of my all-time favorite topics because I am a total train geek. Love trains. Like literally like the kind of person who goes to train festivals and reads books about trains and goes out of a way to catch really long train trips and and that I've got some fantastic news for you, Mike. Tell me You're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. And that is, guess what? They're, what, what, what? they're thinking of having a, a building, constructing a bullet train route from Melbourne <gasps> all the way up to Brisbane. No way. Are you serious? Indeed. indeed. I'm so stoked. So have you ever been to Europe? Yes. So have you been on like the yes. Eurostar, uh-huh. Eurail, the yeah. uh, Itzy trains? It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, the it, bullet train in, in uh, Switzerland, Germany. Yeah. Germany, yeah, yeah, France, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of those uh-huh, kind of things. Uh-huh. Have you ever gone under the channel in terms of the with the Eurostar? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mad really, cool. It is really cool. Wait a second, they're doing this underground in Australia? No, no, okay, no, no, okay, no. no. We're going to Europe for a little bit and then we're coming back to Australia. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. The, the amazing thing with the Eurostar is that you get on the train uh, in London uh-huh. and then you chug through all of the, the English suburbs because all the rails are so slow. Mm-hmm. You go through the, um, the, under the um, uh, channel and the English channel and you come out the French side and you 
absolutely fly. fly. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. It's truly – and you could do that here in Australia as well. I would be up and down that coast all the time. Okay, so the news is that they're proposing to build a 1,750K corridor all the way from uh, Melbourne to Brisbane. Uh, they're going to cost them a billion dollars full of land. Oh, mercy. Um, and the whole project's going to uh, cost $114 billion. Wouldn't you love that amount of money? But you get to ride on the train. <laughs> so in total, $115 billion. Do you think it's actually going to happen? Oh, well, it would be it would be pretty cool at 350 k's an hour. That's that's flying. That is really, really fast. 350 mm. k's. Ha- wait, how? And so it'd be three hours from Melbourne to Sydney, three <gasps> hours from Sydney to, uh, to Brisbane. Three hours? Three hours. That's nothing. Well, do you know what? That's actually that's actually shorter than a plane because I know. A well, pl- but hang on a minute. Because a plane is only like an hour and a half. Yeah, but so so three hours is like double that. No, 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 no. If you if you consider the rigmarole. And the stuff you do after the plane and before the plane, it's totally, I would say that's quicker. Because if you think about it, you have a six o'clock flight, right? Yes. Uh, Sydney to Melbourne, it's like one and a half hours, whatever. But you got to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning and get to the train station like hours beforehand, catch it all the way down, be at the airport like hours before the flight, get on your plane the whole like waiting around, getting your bag, sitting on the plane, waiting for takeoff. Doing the, doing the flight, that's the only time they actually calculate, isn't it? The time the wheels go up and the wheels Security. touch down. They don't count all the prep and then the aftermath of waiting for your suitcases, you know, taxiing, you know, to, to, to the, to the gate, blah, 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 getting out of the airport the whole whole kabang would take way more than three hours. So you could go from Brisbane, go from South Bank, so you could get out of your swimmers at South Bank, uh-huh. climb on the train uh-huh. and and be down in Sydney, Central Station, uh, Darling Harbour, literally in three hours and you're, and you're ready for work. That's amazing. You could go Brisbane to Melbourne in six that that would be. I wonder if they'd do like cool. an overnight sleeper for that trip. That'd be cool. Like go to bed in Brisbane and jump on the train and then wake up in the morning and be in Melbourne. But the thing is what you could do is on this train, you could be reading your Bible. You could yes. you got three hours just Bible study yeah. all the way through. It's just That's really, a, really I'm, amazing. Oh. So someone, I'm definitely voting for yeah, this bullet train. Someone please just donate $115 billion. <laughs> Well, uh, they'll take it out of your pocket, out of your pay, Mom. Oh yeah, of course. That's Tax where they money, get it from. Right? Uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. yes. I'm happy if they want to use it for that. I'd be, I'd be, st- I might even try and get a job as a train driver. <laughs> I, I enjoy train travel much more than same. It is you know, my absolute favorite mm. uh, mode of transport. Uh, my favorite train trip, uh, actually, the stretch between. Um, uh, Newcastle and Sydney is the most picturesque train travel I've ever done. Uh, when you just look out over the, the river there, when it go, you know how it goes over the water? It's, it's, like it usually follows the Pacific Highway down to Sydney, but it goes out over the water and you can see those islands where the people live and stuff. Beautiful. The only thing that ever came close to that was when I did the, uh, California Zephyr which is the route between Chicago and San Francisco. And that's supposed to be the most picturesque route in America. And it is a glass top train. So there's like a couple of carriages where you can do sightseeing and you go through the Rockies and it's so beautiful. I was spotting like bald eagles and cougars and oh, it was just so cool. You saw cougars and yeah, eagles yeah, on a train. Because it, it goes through like um, kind of a bit of a deserty area at one point. Like at 300 k's an hour. 
No, it's not fast. <laughs> it's, that's a slow it's train. It's a scenic train. Okay. It's a scenic train, yeah. But I still loved it. It has you know, the old golden age of travel dining cart. and Oh, it's so cool. You know, the fastest train I've ever been on is in China. Shanghai Airport, uh-huh. down into Shanghai. It's a maglev train. So it's got its um, magnetic fields. The, the train is levitating. Oh, and it goes is. at 420, like, 420 to 440, something like that, k's an hour. And that's they actually put up on the screen the speed. Speed and it's like whoosh, it's off. It's mad. <laughs> I hope we. Can, I hope. I hope if Australia does this, they actually put their back into it and say, "Do you know what? We're going to build this, but we're also going to build the fastest one on the planet and just take out the trophy." And I think you know the the um, politicians uh, mm-hmm. from you know going from Sydney to Canberra, the business people going from you know Sydney all the way down to Melbourne. I reckon they'd love it. Yeah, you know, just sit there with Wi Fi on oh, the train, absolutely. doing all the business. Oh yeah. There has to be Wi-Fi. And and there has to be a like a drinks and, and yeah. snack bar as well. So you can oh, absolutely. have breakfast, you absolutely. know, which I haven't had this morning, but it's still a breakfast show. <laughs> so we're still on air. So. With or without breakfast. The With or without happen. breakfast, yes. Anyway. Now, this sounds really super cool. It sounds really cool. We are so distracted by trains right now, Swin. <laughs> I'm so glad to be geeking out over that. Little geek moment for me this morning. Uh, Swin, we do have uh, someone who has answered the quiz. And is it the right answer? Congratulations, Greg Brown from Hallett Cove in South Australia answered the what city am I quiz. Correct answer, of course, was the city of Bethel. Not Newcastle. <laughs> you got to let it go. Bethel is a good answer. I've got to let it go. <laughs> good move on, on. You, Greg. Uh, well done. Indeed, the answer was Bethel. Bethel was the city uh, that... Uh, Heil, who rebuilt Jericho at the cost of his uh, firstborn son. That's the city where he was from. This was one of the two cities in which Jeroboam set up golden calves as idols, and this is a city that used to be called Luz. So, Greg, you've got a book coming your way, Break Free, Stay Free by Steve Goss. Indeed, and you'll be enjoying that one. It is time to kick off our Encounter with God section, uh, Sven. Um, tell, are you a pastor or a doctor? I can't remember. What do I call you? Uh, you can call me either, actually, whichever oh, you choose. Dr. Pastor Sven. Dr. Pastor Sven, yeah. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really uh, intrigued to see uh, what Bible study you're going to be bringing to us today. I'm really excited when they told me that you were the person filling in for Lawson today. I was like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen with uh, the encounter with God. So really intrigued. Um, coming to, up soon. Yeah, coming. We're going to have a little station ID break for like nine seconds, so don't go anywhere. And uh, and then we're going to kick that off. Um, really intrigued to see what you're going to bring us, Sven. No worry. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, smelling lemony fresh here in the studio this morning because I've had to disinfect the mics because everyone's sick. Sven, yes. take it away. Encounter with God. Okay, so I guess I've been inspired by my parents coming to visit us. And, oh, and the other thing as well is I came last uh, home last night uh, back from Sydney and and I had my my kids just absolutely beaming uh, because they'd been to a PCYC um, gymnastics class. What is PCYC? PCYC is the police uh, club for for youth. So it's it's basically 
basically the um, it's a club, um, an organisation which the police organise to to get young people off the streets, I guess, and to build oh, those connections. Good on them. And and so they offer a whole different range of of things you can do. So drama, you know, um, all sorts of sports and activities. And one of the things they do is um, it's gymnastics. And so my kids uh, joined this gymnastics class, and they were they loved it. It's it's so funny because uh, my uh, the rest of the class were were, set, were were kind of joking and, and surprised because my kids were so enthusiastic about it. They would just be running and doing the things and and um, <laughs> doing it too fast. The teachers were actually <laughs> holding back, saying, "Stop! You got to go back and do it." But I guess the thing for me is having my parents and my kids. Um, and uh, I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, how do you help kids grow up in a really cool way? And so what we've been studying this uh, this quarter is all about families. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought my contribution would be uh, kids growing up. And I guess, you know, uh, whether whether you've already got kids or whether you can look back like we can uh, at um, what our parents have done, um, or you know, it's really great to, to say, okay, well, how can we help our kids grow up to be really amazing, amazing people? So that's that's the focus for today. And who else would we turn to except Jesus himself? Amen. So I want to invite you, Mon. I want to ask you, maybe it's a better way of saying, can you open your Bible, uh, which you've got there? I believe it's an NLT. And can you turn to Luke tw- chapter 2 and verse 52? And we're going to start off, How did what was it like for Jesus growing up? What did How did he grow up? So Luke two chapter uh, Luke chapter two verse fifty two. Yes, that's the one. And before I read that, how old are your kids? Can I ask? Okay, so um, my daughter Samuela is uh, eight years old, uh-huh. and my son Nathaniel is six. Oh, nice! So they're nice kind of range. Okay, good. All right, Luke chapter two verse fifty two says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Mm, a pretty amazing. Yeah, wouldn't you be able to love to say that about everybody? Including yourself. Indeed, indeed. And so what I get here when when I look at this text, I see that, you know, Jesus growing up had a really all-round kind of education. He he had this, um, his his mum, Mary, and and obviously, you know, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, had this this really incredible focus that every single aspect of his life was was included in his growing up years. And I guess for me, it made me stop and think, Mon, you know, if if you and I were sort of thinking of of a way to help our kids uh, grow up, what what would you include in in your uh, plan for your kids? So it could be all round. It could be just like sort of you know really balanced. You know that, that every aspect of their their lives was, was um, included in your parenting. I would definitely be curbing screen time. Yes. Yeah, because I I am concerned about the coming generations and how much time they spend sitting sitting down on couches in front of screens, uh, no matter how big or small the screen. So you know, I feel like a lot of our gener- coming generations missing out on the beautiful great outdoors. So, I don't know about yeah. you, Mon. When, when you were growing up, did you did you spend a lot of time behind a screen, or did you actually get out there and just? Play in the great outdoors. Yeah, so our TV blew up when I was a few years old and my parents just never bothered replacing it. They're like, ah, we can do without this. And so I kind of grew up without TV. Um, so yeah, we spent a lot of time, uh, you know, playing in the mud, running around the block, playing in the park or reading. 
Lots and lots of reading. So, yeah, mm. that's how I grew up. And it's interesting as well. You know, I grew up without TV as well, but my, my wife, Marilyn, uh, she, she had TV when she was younger. But it's funny, they, um, uh, they had somebody break into her house and steal TV. So, for six months, they didn't have TV. And I thought, well, what are they going to do uh, with all of that time? And you know what they did? They, they played family games, yeah, board games. Exactly. They did all sorts of fun things, barbecue picnics. Yeah. It was just really, really... Really great. I am literally unbeatable at Rummy Cub because of that reason. Really? Yeah, like I'll take that, you That's along. the only game that you... you uh, <laughs> we played a lot, but that was my favorite, Rummy Cub or Rummy King as we, we knew it. Um, but yeah. So great outdoors. So, so what, going back to your past, what other things would you say just really helped in terms of your all-round kind of growing up years? Or maybe you could sort of think about what could have been there, which you wish were there. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to have kids one day or maybe just one <laughs> and a puppy, but I definitely want to include uh, a, a, a really passionate um, and very realistic focus on the Bible and mm. the teachings of uh, of Jesus in that. And when I say realistic, I, I mean like I think kids can tell when adults are faking it. Yes. And so it has to be real in my life for me to be able to teach it to a child yes. and for it to be real in their life. And so I want it to be real and a realistic way of living one's life. Yes. Yeah. You know, family worship is so, so important. Hugely important. You know, um, you know, when you go back to Abraham, it, um, the Bible says that everywhere he went, he set up an altar for, for God. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's really that he was saying, my family, my home is going to be a place where we learn about Yahweh. We will learn about, um, you know, God. And that's so, so important. Another, a few things that I would add into that as well is, um, we talked about outdoors, but community service as well. Oh, yes. You know, yes. doing that as a family. Uh-huh. Um, so, not just sort of saying, okay, well, the kids do it at school uh, because that's part of the curriculum, but what about doing it as a whole family? And then the other thing I'd really recommend too is mission trips. Yeah. Ethiopia. Absolutely. Fiji. Uh-huh. Uh, going to the Philippines. Going and and serving in those those countries. So, rather than being here in this, this um, country where we feel really entitled and mm-hmm. kids think they can have every Lego box and iPad and um, Xbox out there. Go to a place where all they can, all the fun they can have is get a football and play in the, um, you know, in the, the dusty streets. You know, go on those trips. Yeah, and look, if you're if you're a young family and you're like, how am I supposed to afford a mission trip to the, to, to to Ethiopia or Fiji? Do you know what? You can do a mission trip in your own home city. There is always an impoverished section of any city that you live in. And I want to add, you're actually inspiring me. I remember reading um, on Instagram one time uh, they interviewed a, a guy who was raising two young kids. And uh, and they're talking about how he was teaching financial responsibility to his children, and so the children would get their pocket money every month, and they had to do a budget, and they would dictate where their money was going to go. And I remember being so impressed because as a parent, they were teaching the kids that one of the um, places where their money was to go was charity. So they would donate a portion of their little bit of pocket money to charity. And I'm like, this is a well-rounded education, not just within the scope of finance, but within the scope of being a, a, a human, a, a gracious, generous, um, charitable human being that's sharing the planet with all the other human beings. So is this Marcus and April Mundell's um, Kingdom Builders course? Uh, it wasn't, but they've further inspired me because that's a really good course. And they also solidified uh, what I first saw there on Instagram a while ago. And I thought that was just so beautiful. And yeah, they talked about how to do that, how to actually implement it a bit more in depth. Wow. But yeah, it was just an interview that I was reading. So yeah, it was really great education. The other thing I wanted to bring up as well in terms of raising kids is a verse which 
comes up so often in the Bible, and that's found in Proverbs 13, 24, uh, which um, I'll read for us this morning. It says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. You know, that spare the rod, spoil a child kind of thing. Yes. Uh, were you ever disciplined as a kid, Mon? Oh, yeah, we had oh. a rod. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's so important. And I guess, you know, it, it sounds like the Bible is saying that we should spank our kids all the time. But I want to take you, um, uh, Mon, do you can, can you read for us uh, Psalm 23? Because this kind of puts a bit of a different kind of spin on this idea of rod. So Psalms 23, uh, and we'll go directly to the verse itself, Psalm 23, uh, verse 4. Now, this is the psalm about the sh- the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and all that kind of thing. But Psalm 23, verse, uh, verse 4. 4, yes. Even though, sorry, even when I walk through the through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me; your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Mm. You know, there that rod comes up and again, and and the picture we get there is more of the shepherd's rod. You know, someone who who guides, who who says, you know, come along on the right side, right track. You know, not not a rod which which necessarily beats, but a rod which protects and comforts oh, and guides. Yeah. Yes, ex- guides. And, and also there's that idea of, of disciplining, discipling, really helping our kids grow. And so I just wanted to, you know, as I was reflecting about my parents coming, my kids coming, I just want to encourage all the parents out there and the would-be parents uh, just to really think through this. It's amazing. The Bible has amazing things to share about helping your kids grow up. We're going to take a song break. This is Sanctus Real with Lead Me, and we'll be back with the uh, last part of our encounter with God. Of your 
back to the breakfast show. You're listening to Mon and Sven this morning, uh, filling in for a sick Lawson and a sick Lyle. And uh, we were just discussing uh, very interestingly uh, your family and your parenting tips and, and parenting straight out of the Bible, which to me, well, should be to anyone, uh, the best parenting tips you can possibly get. Indeed, indeed. Yes. And so we were just looking at that text in Proverbs 13, verse 24, which I'll just read again. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And I just wanted to, to focus on that word discipline. You know, I remember, um, you know, we had a wooden spoon. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. um, whenever I was uh, I was naughty. I got a bit of a tap on the hand, uh-huh. um, but it's interesting. The last time I I um, had the had the wooden spoon kind of treatment uh, was when I was eight, and I kind of grew out of that. So that's kind uh-huh. of cool. Uh-huh. But um, the the interesting thing is this: is I want to just kind of focus on that word discipline because uh, discipline we normally think of you know belting, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, with a big stick or a belt or or whatever. But it actually the word Discipline is closely related to the word disciple. And so when you, when you think of the word discipline, you think of the rod and the belt. But when you think of the word disciple, what comes to your mind, Mon? Oh, disciple is definitely more like, you know, a guiding, a training, a, like a sort of a leadership thing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, um, concept where we say, okay, well, I'm going to lead and you can follow. Almost like an apprenticeship. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, whether you're a tradesperson, sparky, you know, chippy, whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of a discipleship kind of model. And, and what would it look like as, as a parent? So I want to uh, take us over to, to Mark, uh, Mark chapter 16, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 1, um, and verse 16. So we'll get the chapter and the verse right way round, uh, here, Mon, um, and, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 16, and, uh, 17. And I was just wondering, could you read that for us uh, this morning, Mon? Yes. So Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, as soon as my fingers can find it. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Mm. So there's two parts to that that call. And um, first of all, it's follow me. It's mm-hmm. following Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, which is so important. And secondly, it's it's um, Jesus will teach us how to make fishes of men. And so if we're thinking about that from a parenting perspective, first of all, it's about following Jesus, uh, then kids following us as well. But it's also about making um, your becoming fishes of men, fishes of people as well. So the, the question is, how can our kids uh, become people who actually share their faith and yes. and make a difference in other people's lives as well? That's what uh, discipleship, that's what discipline yeah. is all about. You in don't many want ways. to raise stagnant kids. You want to raise sharing kids. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, going back to that, that money uh, uh, topic that you were talking about before, you know, you can actually teach your kids how to start their own businesses. Uh, True. So, yeah. you know, be really entrepreneurial, how to, to make money. And, and, but the other thing as well is that you can, we can be teaching kids how to share their, their faith. Um, and, and that is just the really super cool thing to do, you know, to actually see them share their, their love of Jesus as well. Now, there's, there's also another uh, verse in Matthew, which I'll read uh, for us. That's Matthew chapter 10 and uh, verse uh, 24. 
and 25. Matthew chapter um, 10 and verse 24, in the first pa- uh, part of 25, a disciple is not about above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and a servant uh, like his master. And so what that's uh, saying to us is that in many ways, you know, while we are um, growing up, we... Um, during those years of, of, of discipling, disciplining our kids, that in some ways they won't ever kind of grow above us, that we, we need to be the kind of model for them. You know, that, that they're kind of following along the way. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so what they're seeing in us is, is how they will grow as, as well. And in particular, I, um, uh, I found this amazing passage in Adventist Home, which starts out like this. It says, parents stand in the place of God to tell children, uh, to their children to tell them what they must do and what, what they must not do with firmness and perfect self-control. So, Mon, how does it sound to you? Parents stand in the place of God. Is that, is that inspiring? Scary. scary? Yeah, yeah, in the place of God. Woo! <laughs> just, just the thought that you have to, um, you know, always be on. Keep in mind, you're setting that example for your kids. But, but, um, what do you think it really? What What do you think it really means? I mean, does it does it mean that that you're, you know, you're the the total boss of their lives? Yeah, no. everything revolves around you. No, to me, it speaks that the example that because a child has, you know, a limited capacity to understand the enormity of God, and for you to to be the presence in their life that represents a godlike presence. It, it indicates that whatever you do is reflecting on what they will f- in the future understand of God. Yes. So their understanding of God is also their understanding of you. Which yes. is why it's so important to set a, an example to them of a loving God because a loving parent equals a loving God to them. Yes, yeah. yes. And that that is so important. You know, there's many kids um, in the world, girls, boys, who really struggle with the idea of having a heavenly father mm. because their own father was absent yeah. or mean, abusive, abusive, yeah. just the usual messed up, um, dysfunctional family issues. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know this is so important that as as parents we recognise that we have such a huge influence on 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 uh, you know our kids in terms of you know when I look back when I think of my my mum and my dad being here, you know I remember um, each morning coming into my parents' room and I'd see my mum you know studying the Bible, reading the Desire of Ages, and I thought to myself, hey, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I look at my dad and, and, you know, his faithfulness in terms of always, uh, you know, doing his work and, and always being there for my for my mum, helping out in the kitchen, doing the dishes, which is a pretty cool thing for a dad to do. Um, you know, and it's it's so important that that when we think of, hey, with, with kids, we have the opportunity uh, to actually reflect the very nature and character of God to them. You know, there was a there was a song at Big Camp that I heard, and and the singer was singing. You know, I want to be just like you, talking about God, because He, uh, my son, wants to be just like me. Oh, Amen. That is beautiful. And the question is, how do we do this? How do mm. we? How do we actually? You know, it's a scary thing. Parents stand in the place of God. How can you actually do that? And it's amazing if you. Um, 
go on through this uh, this this passage here. It says, fathers and mothers are in duty bound to settle this question early so that child would no more think of breaking the Sabbath, neglecting religious worship and family prayer than he would think of stealing. Parents' own hands must build the barrier. And I think it comes back to that idea that we are talking about before. You know, family worship is so important so that we're actually pointing people uh, towards Jesus. It's so such a beautiful, beautiful concept. Amen. Thank you so much for Really beautiful Bible study this morning, Sven. Really enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any questions that you would like to ask us, you know, about parenting, about discipleship, about what the Bible says on how to be example and how to connect with God, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. That's 1-800-324-843. We actually can set um, our listeners up with a, a variety of Bible studies, Sven. I don't know if you know this, but we offer... Um, uh, several different Bible study guides that people can do, including ones about parenting. And the other thing, one as well, is even if you're not a parent at the moment, you can be an example to the yeah. kids in your life. Yeah, or if as you're well. planning to be a parent, or That's if you right. just anyway have you know kids in your in your field of scope, uh, you can definitely become a better example. Give us a call here. Uh, you can do the studies online. You can do them uh, in person. Uh, we can send them to you. Even one eight hundred Faith FM is the number. But for now, this is BJ Thomas. I want to be more like Jesus. What kind of man would wash men's feet, get pushed around and turn the other cheek? I want to be more like him every day in every way. So little time he took for himself. He was more concerned for everybody else I want to be more like him As tears of pain fell from his eyes, he prayed for those who had him crucified. I want to be more like him. Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I'd like to personally invite you to worship God with us each Sabbath. We start off with Bible study groups at 9.30am, 
then hold our community worship service at 11am. We also organize groups that meet during the week to connect, eat, and study the Bible together. So if you're looking to be part of an encouraging Christian community, come and join us. For more information, you can call me on 0422-896-553. That's 0422-896-553. Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Oh 
was Scott Reed with a beautiful song, Who He Is. And you are back listening to Faith Event Breakfast Show with Mon and Sven this morning. Uh, Sven, it's time for our question of the day. Um, but I'm going to ask a personal question of my own. Well, yes. you have permission to yes, do that. Thank you. Thank you. Singers last one here and I'm the boss now. You're the boss. You're the boss. <laughs> uh, so, and I have to do what you say. Yeah, that's right. You better toe the line. Son. I will. I will. <laughs> so I, I don't, was it yesterday or the day before? I can't remember. But sometime this week, only a few days ago, you popped into our studio right after we'd wrapped the show one morning and you handed Lyle and I a really impressive looking booklet, which we both have sitting in front of us now. And I am keen baked bean to find out more about this because on the front it says church planting leading on the edge of mission. And I think you said you made this or something. And I'm like, what is this about? And I've wanted to know more. And seeing as you're here and you can't get away from me, I'm going to ask you about more of this. Sure, sure. No problem at all. You know, the fact is this, is that uh, Christianity has spread right around the world. It's incredible. Christianity started um, in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, uh, where Jesus did his, his ministry. Um, but that's like, you know, thousands of, of kilometers away from from where we are sitting right mm. now in Newcastle, I'll remind you, <laughs> uh, not in Bethel, uh, but in Newcastle. Uh, but the fact is, this you know, within um, within a hundred years, Christianity spread right around the Mediterranean and um, all through Europe. Uh, went to to Africa, to India, uh, across to China, and, and then across to America. Good and, news and travels fast. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And and one of the things which happens when uh, when good news about the good news about Jesus is spread is that you get people wanting to come together to be part of the family of God. Amen. And um, you know you've been blessed by it over in Perth and in Curry Curry and and um, Newcastle here. And and what this is is that new um, groups, new churches uh, can be can be started. And so this this booklet is about how we can start uh, new churches called church planting, uh, but literally sharing the good news about Jesus and. Introducing people to him and then starting new families in places which don't have a church. And in particular, uh, Mon, uh, my, my role is to start Seventh day Adventist church plants, nice. uh, new Seventh day Adventist church uh, families. And so, what this booklet is all about is how would you go about it? Um, because I don't know, have you ever built your own home, Mon? Ha! No. I built a cubby house. And, and so, you know, it's a, it's a bit like that. I mean, if, if I said to you, you know, go out there and, and build your own home, I mean, would you know exactly what to do? Nope. I'd have to call someone, look on the internet first, even find out who to call. So, yeah. Exactly. And so it's exactly the same with, with church planning. I mean, so many people, when they think about church planning, they think, oh, well, we need to, to build a, a church with a st- uh, steeple and uh, we need to have pews. And, and, and that's not what church planning is about. It's not even just starting a, a, a Sabbath worship program. It's, it's really about saying, how can we actually build a new community of faith? How can we build a new family and, and go out there? So this is, this is what it does. Um, we share some of the reasons why. Uh, did you know that that um, Alan White actually said, "Upon all who believe, God has placed the burden of raising up new churches." A, a famous author. Oh, really? Yes. So, so every single so all uh, our responsibilities, all of our responsibility. Wow. I mean, you may not go out and start a new church, uh, but you can support other people Be who part are part of it. Yeah, yeah. You yes. know, it's interesting, Sam, because when you say the phrase "church planting," you know, you sort of get the image of someone planting. In the ground of church, but it's sort of similar in the aspect of like planting a tree. It needs to be cultivated. The soil at different yes. stages needs to be, you know, 
be cultivated and pruning and all kinds of gardening uh, stages take place. Absolutely. And as a ch- being involved with a church plant, you can be involved in all different stages and aspects of that growing a, growing a church. Yes, yes. So for right from from the seed uh, to the to the seedling, all the way up through to the uh, to the you know the tree as well. So so what we want to do in this uh, booklet right we have right here is to be able to share those principles, how you do it, and it doesn't want to fail. Because I mean, you might have had a garden experience. I've certainly had where where it didn't work. The the seed oh, didn't yeah. grow. That's most and, of my garden experiences. And it's a bit of a it's a bit disappointing. It's a bit of a uh, it's, you know sad kind of time. So what we want to do, we want to do it for the right reason. We want to use the right approach, and in particular, just like we said with parenting, we want to use Jesus' approach. And and I'll give you a tip. Um, one one of the best things that Jesus said to in terms of of starting a new church, going into a new community, is eat with people. Did you realize one of the best evangelistic strategies is eating with people? And it's like got to be one of my favorite personally. It is. It <laughs> yeah. is. And and the reason is this: is that when you eat with somebody, you actually get time to stop and listen uh, to their their hopes, their dreams. Uh, their concerns and their needs as well. And that's really, really important. It, it builds a friendship. It builds a relationship. And I, I like how in the middle of the book, you actually have here, you know, how to be effective. In order to be effective, do these things. And it's actually very strategic. It has strategic initiatives, you know, step-by-step guide. This is a really cool book. Yeah. And so what we want to do is we want to inspire people to to be involved in starting new churches, but also equip them as well. And um, we talk about a timeline, how long it might take uh, for a person to, to set up a new church and the different stages along the way. Now, it's obviously we want to do more than just uh, give them a booklet as well. So, yeah. so here we uh, from um, our our office here in Newcastle, we provide training and coaching and support. Uh, but you can get that right around Australia as well. You can get support for starting new churches. So, if people want to get a copy of this book, they can give us a call here one eight hundred Faith FM. Absolutely. And uh, but before we go, I quickly want to touch on something else you mentioned. Do you have some sort of like a science conference coming up? We do, we do. Tell us all about that in the last minute and a half we have. Okay, so the Faith and Science Conference is coming up at Avondale College of Higher Education, uh, 16th to the 19th of, of July 2019. So that's Tuesday all the way through to Friday. We've got an international group of, of speakers, um, Old Testament scholars, we've got scientists, uh, we've got systematic theologians, and we are looking at the issue is the origin of life. How did life start? Start. Can you take the Bible literally, um, the, the God created life in six days and then rest on the Sabbath? Or do we have to uh, believe what science says about the, the fact that we evolved uh, from, from chimpanzees and monkey-like yeah. forms? And is it possible to be a Christian and have faith and also still believe in creation in an intelligent way? I think that's a yes. really valid question a lot of people are asking these days with evolution creeping into everything we do. Really great stuff. If you want any more information on both of the the booklet on how to church plant and the creation um, and faith conference. Give us a call here. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. But for now, this is Andrew Peterson with the song The 90 and 9. Shelter of the fall, but one was out on the hills away, far off from the gates of gold, away 
the breakfast show how cute is the end of that song i just love it we have come to the close of our show i want to personally thank sven for coming in and saving my ache and bacon this morning no problem at all a lonely breakfast show the modern mon show uh but i have let you pick out the giveaway that we're about to give away for free but the first person to call through right now on 1-800-FAITH-FM and you can get the book that that uh sven's picked out and because talking about bacon i have not had my breakfast yet (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so this book just jumped out to me. Almost, did you know that almost a quarter of Australian adults uh, regularly skip breakfast? And I'm one of them for this morning. Very bad. Spin. So this book is the breakfast book by Sue Rad. It just looks brilliant, particularly when you're hungry. It's one that it's one of those books that makes you salivate. It does. Yeah. It does. And oh, Sven, I can just a, eat that. We have a rule on this show that any of our any of our listeners wins a cookbook from our program, they have to make us something from the book. So yeah, you're in for a good one. You picked a good book this morning to give away. <laughs> this is the book to have. It's all about health, but it also has really scrummy recipes all the way through. And Sven is just dying for some breakfast. <laughs> I think that's why that one came to your hand first. Give us a call if you'd like a copy of that. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. We'll be back to uh, on Monday morning after the 7 o'clock news. Have no idea who my co-host will be. We'll find out then, I guess. If you'd like to know more about the Bible, give us a call here. Uh, the number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. We can hook you up with some Bible studies as well as some health Bible studies too. Yeah. 